Today I'm going to talk about women in the country of Egypt. I was in Egypt a number of years ago, and I had the good fortune to see how different types of Middle Eastern women are treated differently in that country. The four groups of women I'm going to focus on are the Muslim women in Cairo and Alexandria, Coptic women in Cairo and Hurghada, Saudi Arabian women visiting Egypt, and the Bedouins in the deserts. Egypt is a multicultural place to some extent, and each group treats their women differently than the next. There are different expectations with regards to work, dress code, and freedom granted to women. With regards to Muslim women in Egypt, the first thing you have to understand about Egypt is that it's a relatively liberal place compared to the rest of the Middle Eastern countries in that region. With regards to dress code, women are free to cover or uncover their heads while in public. But the only women that you will usually see uncovered are tourists, expats, or Coptic women. The majority of Muslim women wear a headscarf. When I went there, it was late September and early October. And it gets so hot that the only time of day you can really go out for any extended period of time is in the morning or late in the afternoon or early evening. Most of Egypt is a desert with only arable land around the Nile and the Nile Delta. Most Muslim countries are in deserts as well, so it makes sense for headscarves to protect one's skin from the sun. Exposed skin will age rapidly without covering. This Bedouin girl is probably 12 years old when I was taking this picture. But I'll talk about the Bedouins a little bit later. The Muslim women in Cairo and Alexandria would usually wander around in small groups of two to three people, along the waterfronts and along the promenades. And I noticed that this seemed to be the place where they would talk to men. In a country like Egypt, even with headscarves, the sun destroys a woman's face. So I noticed that in most rural areas, most Muslim women didn't leave their homes during the day. What I noticed was that during the middle of the day, in the hot rural countryside, I'd see thousands of young men and boys working outside in the 35 degrees Celsius or 90 to 100 degrees Fahrenheit temperatures without any protection for their heads from the sun or the heat. Everywhere I went along the Nile River, I would never see women outside at any time during the day. The poorer parts of the country tend to be the rural ones, where people are forced to work the land to survive. It was interesting to see that in rural Egypt, traditional roles where women stay at home and take care of the children, while men go out and work the fields, are still working perfectly today. Men have the privilege of getting their skin burned off while working the fields outdoors, while women have the burden of staying at home in an air-conditioned home, or at the very least, the shade. It's clear to see who has the advantage in this situation. The irony is that before the Aswan High Dam was put up on the Nile River, there used to be annual floods in Egypt that would replenish the nutrients to the soil and reduce the soil erosion on the River Nile. After the dam went up, the farmers now need to rely on fertilizer companies to sustain the crop yields in the soil. So that means that men have to spend even more time outside fertilizing the fields. And as the soil erodes, what it erodes is the wealth of the families of Egypt in the Nile Delta, near the sea. There are farms that are literally falling into the Mediterranean, and in some places losing 50 to 100 meters a year as the soil is eroding away. Anyways, getting back to the Muslim women that I did encounter in the rural areas, they were often working in bazaars, food shops, and spice shops in the evenings and at night. And most of them had skin that was far clearer and look younger looking than their male counterparts. With regards to Cairo, the women were just as modern as the ones in other Western countries. 
they had cell phones, wore makeup, and so on. But in Cairo and Alexandria, you, see, you could see women during the day outside. Cairo is far more secular than the countryside, but I did notice an interesting type of behavior from Muslim women in Cairo. If a man was sitting in their line of sight at a restaurant or any other public place, they would typically always face away from men so they couldn't see their faces. After a week in Cairo, I started looking for spots to sit in restaurants where I was facing away from most women. I'm not sure if this has anything to do with not showing respect to Middle Eastern men, but it was interesting to me nonetheless. With regards to the Coptic Christian women I met in Egypt, most of them worked in shops as merchants in the major cities. I didn't run into any of them in the rural areas. All of the Coptic women that I did meet were in Hurghada, a tourist town on the Red Sea, as well as in Cairo. They didn't cover their heads with scarves for the most part, and didn't seem to have as many prayer books and religious symbols around their shops as you would see in the Muslim stores. I didn't really speak to them enough to get a sense of their own personal values. They would always tell me that they were Christian just like me, as a form of conversation to get me to purchase something. Whenever I travel to a foreign country, I never tell the locals that I'm from Canada. They look down on me if they think there's any chance that I'm American. And for most foreigners, the difference between the two is completely negligible. And I also have the ability to speak with a broken English accent, which I use when talking to the locals, so they think that I'm actually from a European country, as opposed to North America. My experience with the Bedouins was very brief when I took a desert safari a couple of hours outside of Hurghada. I didn't really get to speak with any of them, as they don't really know English. But I could really see that their bodies were broken down very quickly out in the wilderness. In those Old Testament stories, a generation of people would typically live in the desert for 40 years. And you could completely see how the desert was weathering their bodies. Anyways, I've saved my favorite story for last. When I was in Alexandria, I had a dinner at a French hotel along the waterfront. When I was eating my meal, the table next to me had a Saudi Arabian man and his two wives. Both wives were completely covered from head to toe, and I couldn't even see their eyes as they had some kind of mesh covering them. It was really interesting to see one woman trying to eat soup through her headpiece. It was one of the most <laughs> complicated things to eat hot soup by shoving it under her headpiece and then putting it in her mouth. I also learned something that's really important, that it makes sense for you to wear a headpiece in a hotter climate to protect your head and your face and your body from the sun. And it makes little sense in Europe or North America or other countries in the Northern Hemisphere for women to cover their heads to protect themselves from the elements. Unless, of course, it's in the winter or the summer. I think the real reason that Muslim women cover their bodies, heads, and faces has more to do with protecting their bodies from the climate than it has to do with religion. This way they can maintain the currency of their beauty longer. That's about all I've got to say on this topic. I went to Egypt for two reasons. The main one was to take pictures, the pictures that you see in this video. I took all of them and sold them on many calendars, as well as for content for my travel websites that I had a long time ago. The second reason was to see how peak oil was going to affect Egypt. The Aswan High Dam is destroying the Nile River and the soil fertility and when I was in Egypt, I could see the potential for civil unrest that was being created. Egypt needs to import more and more food for its growing population, and it isn't self-sufficient. The country will eventually fall into civil war if the military can't maintain order. I don't want to depress anyone, but that's just the reality of the situation. Anyways, enjoy the rest of your day, and cheers.